0: Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number 10. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's awesome to be sharing episode number 10 with you today. And I just want to take this opportunity to thank you all for your support and kind words so far. This podcast has been so fun to do and I'm super excited for lots more awesome episodes to come. Today I have a really awesome guest on the show. I invited Sarah Morgan from ExoSarah.com to come on and we talked all things business and websites and passive income streams and also we digged into a bit of her story and her journey so far as a creative entrepreneur. I have loved Sarah's work for ages now so I was super excited to have her on the show so let's jump in and I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm really excited for this episode. I don't know if we want to start off and you kind of, in, I'm sure many people listening to know who you are, but to share who you are, what you do, your story and a bit of your journey so far to where you are now with XO Sarah.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Sarah. You can find me at xosarah.com. I teach people to grow blogs and businesses online. Um, I've been designing websites since I was like 13 years old. Um, I did about seven years of corporate design. And then at some point in there decided that uh, I did not like designing boring news station websites. So I decided to build a freelance business on the side at the same time I was working my full-time job. And then finally made my escape uh, three years ago. And so I've been freelancing and uh, building my blog and creating
0: products online for the past three years. That's awesome. I know something you talk about a lot on ExoSara is making the escape. I know you every year on like your anniversary of making the escape you fill people in on kind of what you've learned in the past year and you feature some other people who've made the escape too. Yeah
1: so I love talking about about leaving jobs because um, it's been one of the best decisions I've made for myself um, and I think it's it's a, a scary thing to think about but it's uh it's been um, a
0: slight challenge at times, but um, overall it's been a really good experience leaving my job. I think I think the scary, there's two scary sides to it. I mean, it must be for people, like, um, the practical realities. So, like, money and time and, you know, like, the sacrifices you have to make to make it happen and also the emotional side of things. Because for you, like, the day after you quit your job and you were at home and you were in charge of your own time, was it, like, a big shock to your system? I had been working so hard that I was, like, I was like, I went and got myself cupcakes and I was like
1: sitting outside <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, I did it. Um, so it wasn't, I didn't have that like, holy crap, what did I just do moment because I had been planning on it for so long and I was i was really prepared to leave my job. But um, yeah, you said money and and time. Um, I think a lot of people try and cram as many clients in or, or as much work in as they can and then they end up kind of overwhelmed and burned out. <clears throat> And, and that, like, money thing is always in the back of your mind for a while. Um, like, I can say at three years, it's not a worry for me anymore because I have built myself, like, kind of a security system in my business through passive income. Um, but it does kind of stick in your mind for quite a while after you leave your job that you might totally screw it up and, and like, lose your
0: apartment or your house or not be able to pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think... Um... Because I I had like a fun... Like when I quit my job but my my story I've shared it enough times probably on the podcast on the blog that I don't need to hash into it a million times today because this is such a story but um I I had a funny I had a different route into like self-employment than probably a lot of people listening who have ever taking the leap or about to and also your journey so but I feel like if I could if I did it all over again and if I was doing a more traditional route I think the biggest piece of advice I would give to myself would be have at least like three months living costs in the bank Mm -hmm. and kind of like give myself that buffer and I guess when you when you took that leap and I guess now when you're thinking people who are taking that leap if you had to give them like three pieces of like really like it's boring but really practical practical advice what would those be do you think? Um, I think you nailed it on the 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 savings
1: account I think I saved up Sorry, I have a cold. Um, <laughs> so I'm like coughing and eating cough drops the whole time. Um, I think I saved up like $15,000. So I am in. I was living in Detroit, so that was like an acceptable amount for me. But you kind of have to calculate your living and cost depending on where you live. Um, but yeah, I saved up a fuck ton of money uh, in order to be able to, to not worry about that. Um, and I did dip into my savings throughout the first like two years. Um, another thing is to work on um being self-motivated because I think a lot of people leave and they have this huge to-do list or like a client load and they're like um I don't feel like working today and so they don't work and then the next day they're like oh I don't feel like working today either and so they have a they have a really hard time staying on top of their work um and then I would get a really good like accounting system going so that when March comes around and you have to file your taxes, you are not totally screwed or your like accountant is not totally screwed trying to figure out what money you made and what money you spent the entire year. And I just use spreadsheets for mine and track, um, like I have multiple shops. So like Etsy and I use, um, a program called DPD, it's getdpd.com for my e-commerce stuff. Um, and I just pull like monthly numbers out of that and keep track of it and keep track of my expenses so that I'm not screwed when it
0: comes to tax time. (laughs) I think it's kind of all like embracing the nitty gritty business side of things, like not like hating it because it's like, oh, I just want to, I just want to create. I don't want to do the business side of things. It's like, if you want to run a business, you have to kind of like either open yourself up to all the business side of things or delegate it to someone who will do it for you. Yeah, there's
1: a ton of virtual assistants now um so if you don't like doing all of that stuff you can totally hire somebody and it's not like crazy expensive and it's worth it if you're not going to stay on top of it I would definitely just hire someone
0: yeah or even, or even when you are like the beginning and like you don't have that money to spare to hire someone it's kind of like those couple of hours you spend every week like staying on top of your books and like staying on top of all that stuff that's that's enabling you to do what you love and not have that day job that you hate. So it's kind of seen it as something that enables you, that's not something that's holding you back. Because I hated I hated admin. Whereas now I really love like bookkeeping because it helps me if I don't understand my numbers how am I going to understand what my business needs from me the following month right yep I totally agree and sometimes we're scared because either we don't you don't you no one wants to like spend too much time in. so well some people don't want to spend too much time focus on the money side of things because it can get a bit obsessive and you can start you know like competing with yourself every month but I think spending enough time so you understand your money and you understand really, because I bet for a lot of people, like you make what you make and it all comes through and you like know how much you earn every month. But if you broke it down and saw, okay, well, this is coming from there and it's coming from there because I did that this month, you know, so I earn my money when I, you know, share this type of content or I earn my money when I collaborate, you know, so then you can start to see spending more time with your books actually means that you're spending more time understanding your business and and the way you make money, I think. That's what I've learned anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's not... If you spend time bookkeeping, it's not like,
1: oh, you're so focused on money, all you want to do is make money. Well, you run a business. So that's uh, that's going to be a huge part of it. Uh, yeah, and, and paying attention to where your money is coming from and what routes are working and what isn't and adjusting every month as you go. And also, I think it's really important to set goals for yourself. And it's not... Not like money hungry if you decide that next month you want to make $5,000. That's you're a good business person and you're you're trying to expand what you do.
0: Yeah. And it's exciting. Like, like, it's like you said, it's not being money hungry. It's just running a business. You can't run a business and not talk about money often.
1: Yeah. And I know the more money I'm not making like crazy money here, but the more that I make, the more leeway I have in my business to like, make different products or, like, work on blog posts. Like, that frees up time for me when I have passive income coming in um, and allows me to create better stuff for my audience. So it's like a – it gives me a balance in my business to actually generate some cash.
0: Definitely. And especially especially when you're starting out, you need to understand if your business is making – money or not because that's gonna guide whether you stick on the road you're going down or whether you shift things or you know like and especially I imagine for a lot of people who treat it as a side hustle before they turn it into a full-time like gig that they're doing We all need to understand like where if we're making enough money to take these risks and to take the next step that we're taking. So as much as it can be a bit like, oh, but I just want to create. I don't want to have to look at the money side of things. I see it now as it's enabling me to do what I'm doing. And the more I understand my money, the better I can serve my business. And ultimately, then, the better I can serve the purpose that this whole thing, the whole reason why I'm doing this. So, yeah, I think maybe just give yourself permission to get excited about money and not feel like it's a bad thing to get excited if you had like a normal when people I love like get like day jobs that they love and they make their first like paycheck they're like celebrating so yeah we should be celebrating too when we make money doing the things that we love absolutely we should be celebrating more because we
1: worked probably a lot harder for that and had to do all of this stuff ourselves
0: yeah we've got no like team or cooperation yeah behind us mm-hmm. like hol- like and it's like you said like some days you don't want to work but especially I I know from my experience and I'm sure you can remember like in the beginning you can't I mean now and again you can have a lazy day like but like Netflix I've not cancelled my Netflix subscription but (laughs) like but you you have to push through it because if I I see now in the early beginnings of my business the more I push myself and the more I give to my business the more my business then generates and the more my business grows do you still see that correlation now three years into running a business or does that change as time goes on do you think no it absolutely still still is the same as as it was when i started and <clears throat> the more i put into it the more i get
1: out whether that's traffic or interaction or emails or new clients or money the more work i put in the more it comes back to me
0: and then the more i'm able to give it's like a perfect cycle it isn't is, it yeah <laughs> That's, sometimes it's like, sometimes business is as simple as that. It's like you give, you create, and it all feeds into each other. And maybe maybe I'm simplifying it too much then, but that's what I'm learning so far is that you work hard, you show up, you pay attention. I think paying attention is a huge, huge part of it because if you just... I, I don't like analyze my stats a lot and I don't analyze my money to the point where I'm like obsessive but I pay attention to what is happening in my business and what's happening in my industry and that's how I have managed to reach my goals if that makes sense. Yep
1: I do the same thing I just kind of keep an eye on everything once or twice a week make sure like you know my blog traffic hasn't like tanks or like that my my sales are still coming in uh,
0: at the rate that I expect <coughs> and just make sure that everything is running. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that. That was like deeper than I thought we we're going to go into that. But I, I'm already l- excited to listen to it back because that sounds, no, I'm really glad we talked about them things. But the next reason I wanted you on the show and something that I love that you've spoken about in the past is websites. Because I know that you spend a big, a big chunk of your business is designing sites and making beautiful digital, I like to call them digital storefronts, digital storefronts for people. And I think that websites are a stumbling block that stops a lot of people when they're getting started or stops a lot of people who've been doing this for a while but aren't generating the results that they want to generate because their website just isn't doing their brand justice and I think um if website if we're talking about like website 101 for like bloggers and creative entrepreneurs and freelancers what would be the best advice you have for people who want to create a website that does their brand justice and is functional and purposeful at the same time
1: All right, so I've got three tips I can give you. Um, Number one, really decide what your focus is. So when people come to my website, I want them to join my email list. I want them to kind of check out my services. I want them to read my blog. And those things are all really apparent on my homepage and on the pages inside. So if you come into my my site through a a blog post, you'll kind of get that same thing. (coughs) I go to a lot of websites, and I have no idea what people do. Even though there's a lot of text and a lot of images, I'm like, okay, I read everything on your website. I still have no idea what you do or what you sell or what you want me to do. So get really clear about what your new readers, people first time on their site should do. Um, The second thing would be to chill out on all of the fonts and colors. I think people either go like super simple and they do like their entire site in one color, which doesn't look great, or they choose all of the colors and all of their blog images have a different font and a different color and a different like style. So I would say choose two fonts and three colors and use that throughout your entire website, your blog graphics, on social media. Everything should look similar. It doesn't have to be exactly like cookie cutter all the way, but it should all have like the same vibe and the same color scheme. So that if someone finds your image on Pinterest, they know that it's from you immediately. And then the third thing, and Jen and I talked about this before we started today, and I wrote this in my email that I sent to my list this morning, please do not put ads on your website unless you are generating like, I don't know, 50,000 page views a month and you are making hundreds of dollars off of them because it's clutter. It's just clutter. And if you want to make money off of your website right away, do affiliates affiliate linking you can do amazon you can do reward style you can do um, affiliate links through your hosting company that is a much better way to make a little bit of money than putting ads all over your site and making like a dollar 75 it looks terrible it's clutter it makes your site look kind of cheap take them down today Like my biggest pet
0: peeve. No, I love that. I, I could not agree more. People who've been reading Jennifer for a while will know a few months back I took all my ads down. And um, no, like I I really, cause especially if you're starting an online business that is either, you know, service-based or product-based. Um I, and our friend Mariah says this perfectly And like it dilutes your brand if anyone subscribed to her build a profitable blog which is amazing and people should do she preaches about this in the best way possible because she says it perfectly like it dilutes your brand if you're marketing other people's businesses and corporations and products on the sidebar on the footer and everywhere all over your site whereas if you're in this for the long haul and if you're really really creating something that has longevity you should be focusing on marketing you and your products and your services and your brand not mixing it in with you know coca-cola and rimmel on the side of your website yeah i totally agree um i i did like blog sponsor sponsorships when
1: i like maybe i was like three or four years in and i had some traffic and so i decided to, to allow other people to sponsor my site and put an ad on my site and it didn't make me that much money the people weren't getting that much traffic So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't worthwhile to do that. Um, And then when I started promoting my own products, I felt like it just made my site confusing there, you know, and, and if you put an ad on your site, you're telling somebody to click away and go look at something else. So, yeah, I ended up ditching all the ads on my site as well and just focusing on if I, if I wanted to promote something else or someone else, it would go in my like weekly link roundup post and, that is for sending people off of my site and everything else is is to keep them engaged and give them valuable information yeah the, the,
0: the funny thing is I've been talking about a lot of this a lot of this that doesn't make sense I've been talking about this a lot often with people in my like, close friends like great friends because I feel like the only thing that sponsors my blog and my website is my business and it sounds a little silly and I was like joking I was like I'm going to start every make it happen podcast saying this is sponsored by Jenny I know that I love that idea (laughs) I'm not going to do it because that that I would just feel silly but in a way everything that I do online is sponsored by my business and that's why I do not let any ads on my site because it's already got ads I'm I'm being I'm sponsoring everything that I'm doing because as much as I want to serve people and give away free hopefully interesting and engaging content it all feeds into my business model and my business plan and my business goals so um I couldn't give so much to my blog if my if I didn't earn money from my business and that allowed me to have the time and the opportunities and the information to do that so approaching it as in okay your website is sponsored by your business not by you know like you said like sidebar ads or even I think affiliate links are probably I'd I I kind of when I went ad free I kind of was like straight up ad free and I I I don't really break the rules but I think affiliate ads affiliate affiliate marketing is actually a a great way to actually make passive income
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's a little less um
1: distracting on your site and uh I you know I don't put affiliate links for like all kinds of random stuff. It, it's things that I use in my business, that that I um, like services I pay for. Those are the affiliates that I send my readers to and might make money from. So it it adds value to my business without being like super distracting and random.
0: Something that um, I talk about a lot of my clients and like kind of like try and figure out is whether to have a homepage as like on their site or no homepage. Now, obviously, people read my and Sarah's blog you'll know that we have homepages but I'm curious what how do you feel about homepages do you think I pers- I personally feel like eight times out of ten they're awesome for kind of encapsulating a whole brand in one standalone place but how do you feel about home pages on the most part do you think it's something is that really suits a lot of people's businesses yeah I think if you have a business having a home page is really important to to direct people into your site
1: if you're a blogger and you don't have products or services, you probably don't need a homepage. Um, and I have had clients who had homepages, and I was like, nope, we're getting rid of your homepage because it's unnecessary. It's just kind of like a, a stopping point, and there's not really any valuable information to give your new readers. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, mm, I'm going both ways on homepages. Um, I, I was gonna say something else and I don't remember what it was. <laughs>
0: It'll come back to you in like ten minutes, and be like, "Wait, I want, I want to speak about homepage." No, I think, I think that's so true. Actually, if you unless you need something on a homepage, if it's just all there for style over substance, there's no point. But I think. Um I think I was first scared when I didn't make my blog, like my landing page on my website, but I'm really glad that I did. I think it serves my business better not to, but I know what you mean for a lot of people. It, it, it goes either way. It's like before we jumped on the recording, we were talking about sidebars and how some people, sometimes a sidebar serves your websites needs really well and for me and you we don't have sidebars because we kind of related over the fact that we like that it's just content and there's nothing distracting anyone and I think and now that makes me think about trends trends in websites and how do you approach do you think being led by trends is you know when something's happening a lot online like a lot of people having a certain type of pop-up or a lot of people are having a certain wave in a sidebar do you would you encourage people to be trend-led or to be kind of like try and find timeless approaches to building a website or is there a happy middle ground?
1: Um, I would say the, the nice thing about jumping on trends is that, um, it makes it easier to navigate your website because most of the sites that people are going to have a similar layout. <clears throat> so like right now the, the trend is really wide full screen websites and so people are getting used to that, and they're getting used to, like, how to navigate them and where to find specific information. So I wouldn't say, like, oh, that's trendy. Like, don't do that. Do something on your own. Like, figure out your own way to do it. I think, I think trends are actually really good because it helps your readers navigate your website and, and find what they're looking for and eat more easily. Um, but you can do it your own way. Like, my website is fairly large, but I don't do any of those, like – completely like across the middle of the string color blocks i do have a really big photo but it stays where it is it doesn't like slide at all which is really trendy right now um so you can kind of like take bits and pieces and and do it your own way
0: i actually really love that perspective that perspective is like really interesting which which I'm, and I've actually that's a really interesting perspective on the good side of trends if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel like sometimes I um I've said this before on the podcast my boyfriend tells me that I have authority issues so maybe I just am naturally inclined to be like trends but <laughs> that's a really interesting approach on trends because really a website's whole point is to be as functional as possible, functionable. is that even a word to be as functional as possible, so that when someone comes to the site, they can get the information, they can understand your brand, and they can engage with you. And a lot of people, a lot of people anyway, especially with content, are consuming through RSS readers anyway. Right. Which kind of, and I think I, yeah, I love going to a website.
1: Sorry, were you? Saying? I was gonna say they're coming into a blog post, so they're not necessarily like getting your entire website.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's true. and I and I, and I love actually visiting websites because like for example if people go onto your website it, it feels like you and like I know you was it was like about a month ago like less than a month ago you had like a bit of a redesign didn't you yeah and I love it because it because it feels like you're telling your, your brand's message straight away and like it's you and I can and the colors and it's all it's all like really Sarah but um but yeah I think having having a site that is functional for people visiting it and responsive and, you know all these um, but also purposeful for your brand I always feel like that's the happy middle ground for a website
1: Right. Yep, I agree.
0: And kind of, yeah. Just, I think, um, and not and not being afraid. To, like, I think the with the trend thing, maybe it's like not just create just recreating a site that you've already seen, but somehow finding a way to put your own spin on something. I think is important too.
1: Yeah, you have to learn to make it your own a little bit, and and maybe that is just adding your own photos and and um, fonts and color scheme. You know, you don't have to go like crazy and reinvent the wheel because then you're just going to confuse your readers when they can't find anything.
0: Yeah, I think I I think um, you did a webinar with Mariah like a few a few weeks. Like I'll link it in the show notes because it's actually really awesome. And you talk about websites, and I think the big point that I took away from it is that like don't confuse your readers. <laughs> like don't don't just put out a lot of random colors and pictures and words. Like people need to know who you are, what you do, what you offer for them and um and don't feel like like sometimes less is more with a website is kind of what i took away from what you said absolutely you you kind of want to make your website like a like a map so people
1: start at one point and they get like these couple bits of information and then they move to the next point and they get a little more information then they go to the next point so you have to really direct people through your website um and you and use it as a sales funnel really if you're selling something so that you're like building on each piece of information and when they get to the end they're like oh I love this website this person is awesome I'm totally buying their product or thing or whatever they have
0: yeah it's way more than just making it pretty isn't it mm-hmm. yep or you can just you
1: can just have a pretty website that's totally fine too but if you want people to actually buy something or sign up for something then yeah you do have to be intentional with how it's designed <laughs>
0: And that leads me perfectly onto the next topic. So you've been really, really busy recently finishing up your next ebook, Um, which I would love for you to introduce people because I was so excited. When that email popped in my inbox, you're sharing with everyone what your new project was. I was like, this sounds so cool. Um, and it's all about passive income and creating passive income. And I think that is such an interesting topic and probably something, like you said earlier, the thing that gave you that business stability in terms of your finances was your passive income. Yeah, because you can't, I can't take on 15 clients every month to like make
1: the amount of money that's gonna make me feel secure. <clears throat> Not just secure paying my bills this month, but allow me to save for retirement, uh, have health insurance, pay my taxes. Um, I think that you have to have like a, a long-term vision of your business. Um, and and having passive income allows me to have that security. So I have income coming in from multiple different things. And I don't have to focus solely on building my client base and making a dollar for every like minute I work or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. So I guess for people listening who are completely brand new to passive income or are intimidated by it, because especially if you've been service based for a long time, you know, you make your money from working with clients and that's just how you do it. Whether you're paid by the hour or paid by the project. but they want that freedom and they want to start thinking more than just living, you know, month to month, but setting themselves up for the long run. How would you encourage people to take that first step into passive income and kind of the the basics, information that they'd need to go ahead and kind of like figure it out and get going and all them kind of things?
1: So there's lots of like little technical things you can do to figure out what type of product and uh, what topic would work best for your audience. But an easy way is to go through all of your popular posts on your blog and see what topic people are most interested in. So for me, I talk about freelancing, I talk about blogging, I talk about design, and I talk about business. And I can go through my popular post and see what types of information people are really interested in, what's getting the most comments, what's getting the most shares, and then create a product off of that, that topic. Um, I always recommend people create the product that they're most interested in. Um, So like, I'm not going to create a video series or like do a podcast because I prefer writing and like designing books more. (coughs) So, uh, go with, go with the project that sounds most interesting to you, but then also consider your audience. Are they going to spend, you know, five, 10 hours reading a book or are they going to want like an email series that gives them a quick tip every day for 10 days? Um, and then once you've chosen your subject and your product,
0: get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I guess, I think, I think I imagine a lot of the anxieties of people around building, about creating passive income is once they figure out the product to create and once they spend all that time creating it, I think it's then like the, well, how the hell do I put this out into the world? <laughs> how the hell do I actually make it? Because sometimes people often have like a great launch, but it's like, what's the... Well, obviously this must be in your book so we, we don't want to take all your secrets away but it's um what's the what's the path that someone can take to actually you know getting it out there building buzz around it and then actually maintaining passive income and it not just being like a one-time, one time one 5 minute success kind of thing
1: right because that is like the most important thing you want your passive income product to, to continue to sell um so in the book, I do talk about uh, pre-selling and launch strategies and having a sales page and, and doing like the whole big uh, crazy launch that's like, you know, a month long and you're promoting it the whole time. You don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to, it does work, um, but you can just like... Email your list and post something on your blog and say, hey, I'm, you know, a couple weeks out, I'm going to launch this product and kind of get people interested and excited about it. Um, you want to choose uh, an e-commerce platform, which I will give Jen the link to my big badass list of e-commerce platforms. So you can kind of dig through there and find something that works for you. Um, yeah. And then you, you can create, a, I would do a page that describes your product and the benefits and... what problems it's going to fix. Put a big red, because red is super clickable, a red buy now button on it. Um, Yeah, and then send it out to your list, post it on social media. You don't have to get super crazy and and involved, especially if it's your first product. You can kind of do like a really chill, easy launch and and make it easy on yourself. I know everybody, you see all these people online doing like these month-long, weeks-long crazy launches with like tons of email sequences and pre-selling and they've got like other bloggers like sharing their products and you don't have to do that you can be super chill about it just try it out see what happens it's all an experimentation i think at the end it of the day, totally it? is even when i'm launching a book now three years in i've already launched three three other books it's still kind of an experiment to see like how things work how people respond if i like change something a little bit do this if i do a webinar you know
0: it's it's a fun experiment <laughs> yeah it, yeah and it's like and it's also um people who listen to the episode with Corey. cory um she spoke about how she launched a digital product and how it she felt like it had failed like she hadn't she didn't do what she wanted to do and how at first she really struggled with that like quite like because when you put your heart and soul into something it doesn't happen how you want it to happen and i think it's Um, with passive income it is all an experiment you might get lucky first time out the gate and create the right thing that really taps into your audience or you might have to go back to the drawing table and refigure it out and it's kind of if you're committed to building that passive income into your business you'll figure it out as long as you don't quit trying to figure it out yeah absolutely my first ebook is now no longer available I mean it was
1: good it was a lot of good information but I felt like I could have done a better job with it and you know, it gave me an idea of how to do everything. It, it showed me that I could sell an ebook. It didn't sell like crazy, but I sold enough to like to realize that it's possible to make money off of ebooks. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, don't don't set yourself up for failure by by expecting like you know the same results that other people are getting who have been who have been launching products and and you know, doing this for a long time. If it's your first product, like cut yourself some slack and and allow it to just like, Do what it's doing and and learn from the experience. Experience.
0: Yeah, I think what I have learned in because I've only launched one full passive income product, and I just launched like a there's a there's also an in between stage of passive income, um, which you can probably relate to with the Badass Babes Club. And I just launched like a lab, which is kind of like a workshop plus like DIY, like plus one on one coaching, and it's that middle one where it's it's kind of passive income, but you're still actually engaging with the products and that's like the fun middle ground one i'd say but what i think yeah what i learned was that it's not fully ever passive anyway and so and the best passive income hopefully you could package up and make it completely passive in terms of you know like with an ebook the only thing i guess that you have to do once it's out there to the world is manage customer service issues not issues but customer service um... oh sometimes it's issues (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah so my ebooks i um yeah, I have maybe a couple times a month customer service emails that I have to help out with, um, and then I run an e course, the Badass Babes Blog Club, and e course. It's like a blogging, blogging um, course. I mean, I just made it sound like super exciting. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it but, is. I yeah, I, so... I wanted to join it. I, obviously, like obviously, like your your e course is for probably. Um, People who are new to blogging, so like obviously, it was, I'm not your target market. But I was like, these Google Hangouts sound so cool. i was Like, can I can I justify investing? It's like, no, but no, it it definitely looks very cool. It's opening soon again, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So registration will launch on July 13th, and it opens for two weeks,
0: and then it's an eight week e course. And for that,
1: I'm doing I do the two week launch, so that's a little bit more work, um, but it's a, a higher priced product, so that kind of helps balance it. Um, uh, But I, so like on the week to week basis, I'm doing just the one hour hangouts. I do once, once a week for the e-course and then every other week for the blog club. And it's an hour and I'm just kind of like hanging out, answering questions and talking with everybody. And it's really fun for me. So it's not like, it's not like admin work or anything like that, where it's like, oh, I have to do this again this week. It's, it's really fun. Um, and yeah, so it's semi-passive, like you were talking about. Um, but it's something that I really enjoy, so I don't mind doing a little work every week for it.
0: <laughs> and I think I think once you create a passive income product, it kind of ties into the website because you make it your website's job to promote that product while you're sleeping or not online you know like I think um if you if people like we said earlier like how when I create this product when I don't want to be in launch mode all the time how can it still make me money you just build it into your website so you make it really easy for people to see that this is available and you build in like a sales funnel is what I I is that an approach that you take too
1: yeah so I have um like content upgrades on my website and if you download like a worksheet or a checklist or something like that you are added into an automated email series, um, which I send out a handful of um, like pretty much kind of blog posts. So it's it's valuable information. And at the end of that, there's a, a sales pitch. So yeah, everybody kind of gets filtered into a sales funnel. Um, and in order to have longevity with my products, I just keep blogging, really. And that's something that I've been doing for years and years and years, like 18 years. <laughs> um it sounds like insane to me, like oh yeah i'm i'm thirty one and I've been doing this for eighteen years. Um, but yeah, just keeping up my blog uh, helps me to sell my products on a regular basis, so it's not like a crazy amount of work or anything like that. I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary in order to keep my products going.
0: And you probably enjoy like blogging is no one will be blogging for eighteen years if Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't I'm like, eighteen years, that would make me like five. I was like, I wish I was blogging since I was five. But um no, yeah, it's building it into your routine. And I think as long as your product because all your products make sense for your audience, don't they? Like like what they're coming to XO Sarah for is exactly what all your products are. So I think it's, um, I think I said this, I think I don't know if I said this once in the podcast, but like none of your products and none of your content and none of your services exist in a vacuum. They, like for anyone, everything exists as an ecosystem altogether. And as long as you can, as long as you know your ecosystem inside and out, and you know at what stage with someone in, engaging with your brand, they would suit to each product and service and engagement best then you're kind of then you can build like your whole marketing system and your whole website and your sales funnel to really then work cohesively together that's what I found anyway
1: yeah and it it makes it easier on my end to make products that kind of like are a step up every time so if you're buying my blog traffic 90 days to double your blog traffic book you're probably like kind of in the starting stages of your blog and figuring things out and you can use that ebook to earn more traffic, to get a bigger social media following, to learn how to blog consistently. And then maybe you want to step it up a little bit and you join the badass spades. And then maybe you want to step it up even more. So you do the create profit party ebook and learn how to make income off of your blog. So everything I'm creating is is like a little bit of a step forward for people. So I'm, I'm covering a range of um, experience levels and a range of price points and also a range of Um, commitment on the buyer's part so maybe you just buy a quick ebook and you're going to read it in an afternoon and put all of that information to work or you're going to stick with me for eight weeks and we're going to like seriously get down to business um, and and make some big changes or you're going to read the create profit party book and you're going to spend two months making a product or six months making a product so I kind of have like a range of of things for people to get into, but it all ties into building a blog into a business.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome and sounds like, both awesome and practical at the very same time which I think the best advice is because sometimes it's, it's great to have awesome information but unless it's practical and realistic so though, though I really hope that that was encouraging for people who want to take that route into passive income but are maybe feeling intimidated or overwhelmed by it and um, everything will be in the show notes but obviously go and check out Sarah's new ebook because I have a feeling it's going to be really awesome and it's a lot easier to approach something that's intimidating you if you've got something there that can kind of teach you everything that you need to know to get you back up to speed so to wrap up today's show um the two questions i ask everybody who comes on the show so first off sarah for everyone listening who is you know working crazy hard to make things happen online right now whether that's a business whether it's that income passive income whatever it is what would be your biggest advice for them along the way in their journey
1: Uh, my advice would be to stay in your bubble, which is like, keep your eyes on your own paper, work on stuff for your audience. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, you don't need to read like tons of blogs and, um, you know, constantly be like sucking in information, like really focus on what your people need because they will tell you. I get emails from people all the time. Telling me about their like what they're working on, how they're trying to leave their job, and so I make stuff for those people and I don't worry about all the other people because there are a million people writing about blogging and business online. And if I paid attention to all of those other people, I would go crazy and I probably wouldn't make a single thing because I would be too worried about like you know, copying, conflicting, like not being good enough. So keep your eyes on your own paper, just do whatever you do best that's my advice
0: that's I could not agree with that more so I think that's I think yeah stay in your own bubble I love that and and finally what are you working hard to make happen right now and how can we get involved and check it out and support you along the way so the badass babes blog club and
1: e-course opens in a week on July 13th so if you're like kind of getting your blog going and you feel like you need some help with your design or content or you want to start monetizing things you want to figure out social media because it's really overwhelming and there's like 50 platforms and you don't know what to do with it come hang out with me i do live web chats every single week and the community is awesome everybody's really supportive and cool and super smart and they're doing like all different things but if you post a question in there you will get an answer immediately probably from more than one person and me Um, and also I'm kind of working on like a coaching e-course, some sort of program to go along with create profit party. So if you are thinking about building an ebook or an e-course and it's overwhelming and you can't really figure it out and you need some like guidance and taking the next steps, I'm forming something. I don't know what it is yet. Probably going to open up in like August maybe. But if you go to my website, one of the most recent blog love posts, there's a button you can join the email list. And when I figure out what I'm doing, I will totally send you a message.
0: <laughs> that sounds that sounds awesome. That, sound, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sarah. It was really great to have you on board. And I'm going to have all your links in the show notes for people to check out and get involved with what you're up to.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: And there we have it. Episode number 10 of the Make It Happen podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe via iTunes and you can also check out the show notes over at jennybird.co.uk slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today and look out for a brand new episode of Make It Happen each and every Thursday.